Welcome, everybody, to the Spawn of Me podcast. This is your host, Khalif Adams. This is episode 223 of our show. Shout out to everyone out in Twitch land, out in podcast land for joining us this week. Um, I am solo this week. I have no co-hosts. Everyone is gone. They are out in L.A. right now doing their thing. Um, We're recording this a little bit later in the week than we usually do. This is on a Sunday um, so the uh, broadcast of um, everyone on the show doing their thing over in the D&D um, Coliseum, it, it was like a really cool experience to watch um, if folks had not heard about the uh, Rivals. Let me let me make sure I get it right because I don't want Tanya to beat me up. Uh, it's the Rivals of Waterdeep crew uh, coming straight out of Chicago, going all the way to L.A. Um, and killing it uh, on their first D&D cast, which... I had not really had a chance to really um, engage with. I was never really into D&D, um, never had a chance to really like play with folks or have people um, kind of give me that experience. So to be able to see Sharif and Tanya and, and Cicero kind of go into that space and own it and fucking kill it, it was so dope to see. So mad love to the crew. Um, they'll be showing... Uh, their crew every Sunday at noon CST. Uh, so make sure you check that out on the D and D Twitch channel. Um, that's a really cool thing that they are all embarking on. And it was a lot of fun. The first show was really fun. Uh, the DM was fantastic. He was a lot of, he was like super engaging and quick on his feet and, 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 and entertaining. And it was, it was a really cool experience for someone who was a newbie kind of going into it. I still don't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> like, I don't know what happens when you roll for influence and insight and stuff. Uh, but it did give me the, the want to kind of learn a little bit more. So I'm hoping uh, when we have the full crew back on the show, they'll be able to give us and uh, anybody else who is not as familiar with the D&D world uh, some more insight onto how everything actually works. But definitely check out the uh, the replay on Twitch. The archive is probably up at, uh, already and it's probably going to be on their YouTube channel as well. Uh, so shout out to the crew for that. Um, this show is going to be a little bit short uh, since this week is kind of uh, empty with uh, in terms of news. Um, there's not a lot of stuff going on because everyone's holding all their info for E3, which we'll all be at next week, uh, which is nuts to even think about. Uh, we'll be flying out. Most of us will be flying out um, on Saturday of next week. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, of the week that you're hearing the show. Uh, we'll all be out there on that weekend. Uh, and then all the festivities kind of start and kick off on Sunday morning. Um, we'll be at the um, Xbox briefing. We'll be at the Xbox showcase. Uh, we have a ton of stuff uh, for E3 week for all of you at home. So make sure that you're paying attention to all of our social channels and uh, make sure your feed is up to date. Uh, a little bit of, of uh, house cleaning on that too is... We finished our uh, our um, move over from ESN.FM uh, to being self-hosted again. So, again, thank you and, and huge shout-out to everyone at ESN. Moises uh, Chilean, who is um, the person who runs ESN. Uh, we worked with him for almost four, four years now. Uh, it was about four years. Uh, he picked us up when we were like baby podcasters and took us under his wing and got us into the space and helped us out a whole bunch. Um, with growing the show so you know we're forever indebted to him and to, to ESN family to for making sure that we were um, taken care of when we were looking for a place to stay uh, looking for a home so got to give them mad love as well um, but yeah it's it's a lot of stuff going down next week um, 
we have massive, massive, massive amounts of appointments, which is great. Uh, that's what you want when you're going into E3. You want to have a whole bunch of appointments. You want to be able to do a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so it's mostly Xbox uh, on Sunday. Uh, then Bethesda Showcase. Uh, we may pop through there for a hot second. I have a thing uh, that I'll that you'll probably see during the week get announced uh, that I'm going to be hosting um, in in uh, in in partnership with a really cool publisher that you all know and love. Uh, so that's the thing you should be checking out for a movie that's coming out that you should all definitely go see. Um, so that's Sunday, Monday, we have a whole bunch of stuff. Hopefully we'll be getting to check out Anthem, uh, cause that's going to be at EA play PC game show is going to be there with some cool stuff. We may do a live stream, um, at our Airbnb to kind of like get the, get the week kind of settled for everyone and make sure everybody knows what's going to be coming down the pipe. Um, and then there's parties all, all during the week. We have some fun stuff with Metro Exodus uh, on Wednesday. We have appointments with them. We have a whole bunch of points with appointments with the folks at Devolver uh, during that time. Uh, we also have some really cool stuff from Ubisoft on th- on Wednesday uh, and Thursday as well, um, and some other cool projects that are should be uh, announced during the show. I know we have an appointment with CD Projekt Red, which is going to be fucking dope. Cause I'm hoping it's cyberpunk. Uh, we hope that it's going to be that game. Cause that's the thing that we are all kind of hoping for. Um, and we have some other things kind of smattered around, around the week, uh, that we'll be sharing out. So make sure that you are checking out again, all of our social channels, make sure that you're paying attention to, um, our Instagram page. Uh, cause I'll be shooting out stuff uh, from there. If you are a patron, we'll be doing some behind the scenes stuff of what's going on in E3. It'll probably be some videos, and small snippets of, of stuff going on, recordings that are going over there. So if you haven't already jumped on the Patreon, please do so. Patreon.com slash spawn on me. We can use any extra support because uh, now that we're in this conference season, um, we'll be talking a little bit about that on the episode of So Mad coming up of just how much your support has helped us uh, with this particular conference, which is the biggest of the year for us. So um, definitely share out the show as much as you possibly can. So. Um, a couple of things in terms of news this week, uh, Bethesda shouted out, they put up this really long live stream, uh, that was like 24 hours long. That was just the kind of, um, you know, when, uh, back in the day for, for all the folks who were younger than God knows what 20, you know, if you're, if you're in the 20 to 25 year old range, I don't think you've ever seen a television channel go off. <laughs> like it's you know you've never seen a, sh- a station just like shut the hell off at like one o'clock in the morning but they basically ran the like uh the bars that you would see uh when once the station goes off and it was kind of getting everybody hyped for an announcement people didn't know what it was going to be everybody figured it was going to be a fallout game because that's the thing that people want everybody is super excited for that and everybody was fiending for a, a fallout game um, and we did get a, co- we did get a confirmation that a fallout game is coming out. So it's going to be fallout 76, uh, which no one knows what that actually is yet. Um, but it seems like it's taking place in between, uh, let me see in between like when the bombs dropped and a little bit after the nuclear war, like 20 years after the nuclear war happens. Um, so not really sure what that means in terms of lore, because, you know, I don't know if Fallout ever really has had great lore. It's had great moments and it's had great, um, uh, 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 great 
setting for what they're trying to share in terms of, you know, what your particular player is doing at the moment. But I don't think in terms of lore, it's as good as something as like Morrowind or, or Oblivion or Skyrim or something to that effect. It doesn't feel like a world builds in that way really, really well. But it's going to be a thing uh, that's out there in the world fairly soon. We're going to probably definitely I know we're going to hear more about it during E3 uh, because a friend of the show, Danny O'Dwyer and the folks over at Noclip, uh, snagged probably the scoop of, of 2018 uh, with do, being able to do a documentary about that game. Um, so that's a thing that I am telling people right now. That is my most anticipated documentary of of the year. When that drops, I'm so happy that I'm already a patron of, <laughs> of no clip stuff because I'm dying to hear what that's about. Uh, but the folks over at Kotaku, um, Jason Schreier shared some information about it from some anonymous sources because they wanted to keep their jobs, uh, that the game will more than likely be an online game in the vein of like Rust or DayZ. So if you're not familiar with those, those are kind of online RPG, survival RPG games where, you know, you build up a, a community, you you find resources, you kind of help uh, the people around you or hurt the people around you to keep their resources to take their resources um, so you can build the biggest, you know, place that you can and survive as long as you possibly can. It feels like a cool concept for for a world that Fallout lives in. I, I think that that would be something smart. We already saw with the mobile games of them kind of giving us small, small uh, inklings into what that kind of world building might be from a from a two D, you know, a mobile perspective. But having it in a world where it's going to be in a three D modeled world, it's going to be massively online. Um, not an MMO, but going to be a pretty big space that you'd be able to kind of like work around in and play in is intriguing. It's interesting. Um, I wonder how that's going to look in terms of actual gameplay, because I am not a huge fan of those particular games. I know people who do love them, um, but they've never really held my interest in a real way uh, because it's just so much grind. Like the grind on games like that is really difficult to just continue to push forward and trudge through like I'm playing state of decay right now and I'm really depressed <laughs> because it's just so many things that you have to worry about and if you come home and you like have an eight hour day the last thing you want to figure out and do is continue to micromanage shit so it's like I think that I, I would have possibly preferred and we don't know what the game is actually going to be yet but if it is an online RPG uh, survival RPG I'm a little bit disappointed to be honest I wish I wish that there was a way to do Fallout proper in multiplayer settings. I know that people have made mods and done stuff like that for that. But this particular game, if it's going to be stressful in that way, like I don't want to deal with a stressful ass game that's going to be in that setting that's already, you know, pretty run down and, and, and depressing in that way. I'm like, if I have to like figure out how to go get purified water from motherfuckers who across the <laughs> across the world all day every day and do a whole bunch of fetch quests fetch quests to make sure that like I don't die. Um I'm not super excited about that prospect, but I love the world of Fallout and I love Bethesda games, so they may win me over in terms of being able to, you know, world build in a way that's going to be fun and possibly interesting. I just want to see what they're going to do with combat in a setting like that where vats was a huge thing and one of my favorite parts of the fallout series once they implemented it was like that whole system of you know being able to take down enemies when you 
pinpoint specific body parts and things like that and find out weaknesses and, and all those things. Like those are the things I actually care about and really like about the fallout series. Cause the last game was terrible. Um, <laughs> and I don't care at me. You don't at me with that one. I don't care. Uh, cause it's true. That game was bad. Uh, the building stuff was cool, but I think that that's going to be the thing that if they take away from anything, the building in fallout four was, um, a step in the right direction. And it's going to be cool to see if they do anything with that um, and build upon that, no pun intended, build upon that in a way that's going to be compelling and makes it fun for people. But it will also be really, really dope on the other hand to see, you know, people that you play with on a usual basis, kind of just in your fallout world. Um, That's going to be kind of dope. Like, you know, it's the thing that people have wanted for a very long time. And um, I think it'll be something that people will like. Uh, once they actually get a chance to play around with it. So we'll see. Let us know uh, in the comments. Uh, let us know online what you think about Fallout 76. Because that's the thing that I think a lot of folks are going to be talking about. And it's going to bring up a lot of... Con- I'm not going to say controversy. Because I don't think it's going to be controversial. But I do think... I know that the internet is going to have opinions about that in a real way. Um, so that's going to be a thing to check out uh, during Bethesda, besides Rage 2 as well, which is the thing is I'm actually I'm actually the most excited about is Rage 2 because uh, I loved Rage 1. So that's going to be fun um, to see. Um, it looks like as well, uh, the dope folks at Ubisoft, you know, just coming off of the last uh, Assassin's Creed game, which was fantastic. Shout out to everybody on the Ubi team um, for you know, bringing that game into a new space and kind of re reinventing it. And I don't know if I should say reinventing it. I think that they revitalized it because I think a lot of folks were down on Assassin's Creed. Um, and I feel like the, the, the most recent game built people back up because they had a really cool story. They had fun protagonists. They had fun side uh, side heroes and, and, and other other people in the world. So I feel like that built that game up into a new space, which is fun. Um, and it sounds like there's another game coming out fairly soon that we're going to hear about with uh, at E3. And it seems like it was a keychain that leaked out the information about it. Uh, it seems like there was a, a, a picture uh, that was already shared uh, on the French site uh, Jeux Vidéo, uh, which is where most re- like really a lot of stuff gets leaked. Uh, and it got leaked out because someone posted a picture of this keychain that had this Roman helmet or this, this, uh, this, uh, Greek helmet on it. So it looks like a gladiator's helmet, the kind of, you know, quintessential with the fronds on top of it. Um, uh, uh, metal, metal, metal helmet. Um, and, and it feels like, you know, when you get confirmation about stuff in these small ways, it has to it has to come out before the show so that the PR folks can get ahead of it. And it looks like, with that said, that they definitely did, uh, Ubisoft definitely did cop to the fact that the game is coming out. Um, so they shared an image uh, basically saying, we'll see you at E3 with the Assassin's Creed Odyssey logo, which is the newest game that they're going to be coming out with soon. Um, so... Interestingly enough, I think that the uh, the setting is one that I'm not really excited about. Like, I wish that, and I, who knows? Like, it depends on what you're going to do with that setting. But I feel like we've kind of traipsed around the Roman Empire enough 
that the Roman and Greek empire is enough that we've, we kind of know what you're going to get in that space. It was dope to go to Egypt and like mess around in places that we don't really touch in any video games. So it was nice to be able to see that in origins. Um, but now in Odyssey, I'm like, I don't know if I want to go into those spaces and do the same things that I was doing in in Origins, because I don't think there's going to be characters that I care about. Like, there was a very specific part of Origins that I cared about because it was like, this is a very black story in some ways because of the characters and the setting and things like that. Like, it felt like a, a story that, I shouldn't say a black a black story. It was a story that had a lot of brown folks in it in a way where they were not in the usual kind of tropey settings. And that felt nice. Like it felt nice to have protagonists that were of color in power who had agency, who had worlds around them that they built, who had characters that they cared about in, in, in loving ways and in, in ways that we don't really get to see uh, brown people be in love and also be, uh, you know, forceful in a way that is not having force put upon them, but being able to be agents of change in the way that they possibly want to be. I don't know if I'm really excited about Odyssey in that same way. Like, I don't know if I care enough about seeing more Greeks and Romans fight and doing the gladiator stuff that they usually do. So we'll see how this turns out. I, it's it's also really hard to know exactly what we're going to see uh, when it comes to this particular game because it hasn't gotten announced really. I mean, it's gotten announced, but it's not really like there's no videos yet. There's no stuff out yet. Um, that's really going to be sharing anything besides this like one dude getting Sparta kicked off of a mountain. <laughs> but that was like, I feel like that meme has like taken over in a way that we don't care about anymore, but we'll see. I'm excited for the fact that Ubi is still making stuff in the Assassin's Creed world. I do wish that they would slow down a little bit. I feel like it's way too soon to have another Assassin's Creed game. Cause that one, I'm still not finished with origins yet. Origin is still a huge freaking game. That thing has so much stuff in it. Like I'm still not done with that game. And then, and then you're going to throw another one in another one at me. Come on, like calm down a little bit. Chill. People need some space. <laughs> There's too many games right now. <laughs> it's great. We are in fantastic times when we have so many cool things, but it's just way too many games coming all out at the same time. Um, so origins, uh, still, ha- still is on my bucket list to finish before I die, and now Odyssey is going to be coming out in 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 a time space where no one has enough time to f- actually play it. So I'm hoping it's either going to be a really short game, or it's going to be some narrative based thing that they do. Uh, that's going to be more narrative and less running around stabbing things and kind of doing fetch quests for things like that. Um, a couple other things uh, that you should have on your radar. Uh, I finished. Uh, in terms of, you know, what we've been playing and stuff that I've been playing. So I finished my first run through of Detroit Become Human, uh, the, the game that the internet loves to hate right now, um, for reasons that are reasonable, but also like some unreasonable reasons. It feels like, you know, I'm not going to get on a soapbox about it yet because I want to have other folks um, on the show to talk about it. I know Tanya ran through, I think, a run through of it. Um, and it's hard to review in that way because Tanya has probably seen things that I have not seen yet and vice versa. Cause it goes down these, these flow charts and you're able to see stuff depending upon the way that you've made your, the way that you've made your, uh, character do whatever it's done and whatever decisions you've made, you get to see certain parts of the thread and some parts you just don't get until you replay it. 
So like I'm watching her feed and she's, she's talking about stuff that I didn't see and reacting to stuff that I didn't see. So I want to be able to talk to, to her and to everybody else on the team who had a chance to run through it and play it uh, about their feelings for it. But I kind of went into this game like before the conversations about David Cage, really excited. And those David Cage conversations are have been there for multiple games, right? We Quantic Dream has a lot of issues within their studio. They have a lot of conversations that are happening about how they treat people there, harassment, sexism. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there. We all know that we don't rock with that stuff. The interesting part about David Cage games are like, I will totally confess, I really like David David Cage games, not because I think that they're good. They're like. They're like the best bad version of storytelling that you can get. There's really bad storytelling. Then there's like David Cage storytelling that's in, an, that's in another kind of category that I don't know where to put it. But the best thing that I can kind of liken it to is, and it's kind of the reason why I don't get really mad at David Cage stories when people are like, oh, these stories are so terrible and they're so bad. And they do these things that they're not supposed to do. And they're they're, they're kind of stupid. And I'm like, yeah, but like, for me, these are like my versions of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> it's like the best way to put it. It's like storytelling that really isn't good. Sometimes give you gives you an emotional kind of twinge, you know, good, bad or indifferent. And also kind of bring you into a world that you might not have been into before. So it's like this particular game after finishing at least my first playthrough, there are huge ham-fisted sections. There are parts of the game that are definitely terrible. There are parts in there that, that make no damn sense. Um, there are parts in there that like, if you, if you are, if you are triggered by certain things, you will definitely be triggered by them. You know, conversations about the, the you know, the, the, the Android slavery analog thing, thing that they tried to pull off that doesn't really work well. Um, so there are things to pick at and things to like definitely be critical of the, the kind of sentiment that I've seen online has been really, really negative about all that stuff in a way that seems a little bit overreactive, but that's kind of just what the internet has been doing of late, especially in the critical spaces. It feels like everything is absolutely terrible. If you, if you have a, a, a shitty, a shitty game that talks about anything political and doesn't do it in a way that's, that's fairly progressive, it's the worst thing ever on the planet and it needs to be burnt to the ground. And it, and, and I don't feel like David Cage is worth that kind of energy. Although I have heard numerous people say, well, this is the reason why we get shitty white dudes making, making shitty white games is because people don't crap on the stuff that they make. And I think that there is some credence to that. I think there's some actual like relevancy to that. Um, but I also think that like most of the video game stories that we see, none of them really have great stories. There are very few great story video games that we've ever seen come about in the time, at least that I've been born in the time that I've been around. There may be things that I'm missing and I would love to hear suggestions on great video game stories from all of you in the community. Cause I think that that's a thing too, right? It's like we share a lot of the negative stuff, not our Chicago community, but like the video game community will share a lot of negative stuff out and you hardly ever really hear the good stuff. You hear it very sparingly in ways that we, that we don't really see often. And I would love to see more of that. That's one of my little mini gripes about where we're at right now is for as, for as whack as some of the story bits are in Detroit, 
there are some parts in that game that are really freaking phenomenal. There are like some action chase scene stuff in there. That's really good. Um, I think the voice acting has, was phenomenal. We saw that there was a big problem with that with heavy rain because it was just like the French Canadian version of Degrassi high. Um, and it didn't feel, it didn't feel like the, the, the voices fit the mode for an American style game. Um, there's a lot of small things that that game, the, 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 the motion capture in that game is some of the best I've seen in a very long time. Like, I feel like on the technical parts, there are some things in there that should get lauded. Um, but people don't want to kind of give props when props are due. Um, but there's more to dig into that game with when, when we have the whole crew together. Cause I feel like it's a, it's a truncated one-sided, um, one-sided narrative if I'm just sharing my point of view on it. But for the most part, if you're thinking about buying that game, I liked it. I like it so far. I think it's worth the money. I think it's worth checking it out. I think it's worth going through the process of having your own opinion about it. Um, and I felt like I came away with it being like, okay, I can deal with another one of these games. I really do wish that David Cage would start writing them though. <laughs> I feel like there's really dope things that can be done with those engines. I feel like there are really cool things that could probably come out of Quantic Dream. I just really don't want David Cage to write them anymore because he's not a good writer. He's just not, he's not equipped to tell the stories that he wants to tell or he's trying to tell, but not really tell. Um, and they always fall flat. And they always just seem super heavy handed. And, and, and it, it feels like one of those things that when you get a dialogue prompt or you get a, an action prompt in the game, you, you kind of have to take a step back and you're like, was this like a thing lost in translation somewhere? Like, was this a thing that got mixed up into another set of conversations that you wanted to kind of convey the specific kind of <clears throat> specific kind of emotion? And it just never hits um, because it feels like that a lot of the time when it comes to. Detroit and David David Cage games in general. Um, so we'll talk more about that stuff once we have the whole crew. Um, some other games that I think you should absolutely play. I have not played the Mario Tennis game yet. Uh, the demo is probably off the store by the time you by the time you listen to this. So I hope that you have downloaded it um, and would really want to hear what you think about it. It's funny to hear that Mario Tennis is probably the best tennis game that we've gotten in a very long time. Even though we're, I think there's like two tennis games that are actually coming out. Plus... Rockstar Table Tennis is coming back to Xbox Xbox One via backwards compatibility, so I'm extremely happy about that because uh, that's a game that I love. I think it's one of the best games to ever come out in terms of sports. Um, but Mario Tennis, I've been watching some streams and it looks really dope. It looks real, it looks a lot of looks a lot of fun. Um, I'm actually really ex- excited for that game when it comes out, and it feels like Switch is definitely putting out stuff in ways or getting ready to put out stuff in ways that are making me want to play that system a lot more. Um, Just Shapes and Beats came out. We got a copy of that. Uh, we'll do a review of that at some point fairly soon. I've been super excited about this game. It's it's a hard game to um, actually kind of describe to folks, but it's not a shump uh, where you have to shoot anything. It's basically like you're dodging everything on the screen. So anything that is pink is an enemy. So anything that you touch will kill you. Um, except for the end goal marker that you would need to hit to move from one stage to the other. The cool thing about the game is that everything is is synced to the beat. So like if you have a drum pattern, it'll be the drums are coming in in the shape of 
the pink objects that are coming across the screen. So it's like you could have hi hats that are going at like really fast at a really fast pace. And those things are represented on the screen in a way that you have to visually see, but also you have to dodge those things to not die. And it's a game I saw at like PAX last year and immediately was like enthralled with it because they had this very cool, very, very cool hidden level uh, that I talked about at a couple shows ago. I, mean, I think this was probably on the What's Good Games podcast that I was on um, and talked about this hidden level that, that, that uses this music from a movie that is connected to a game that you all know and love. Um, and it's super dope because it uses sprites from the game. It uses like figures from the game to like be enemies and all this other kind of stuff. It's super dope. Um, Just Shapes and Beats is like amazingly fun. Uh, and, I, and I'm like playing more of it and more of it, trying to get through the levels. Um, I don't suggest people play that thing with the actual Joy-Cons because it's just like way too much kind of moving around for the Joy-Cons unless you're like super dexterous with it and have the ability to kind of move around with it. I've been playing with a pro controller and it just feels better um, in that in that space and better on a bigger screen. Um, I like it on, on just on the Switch, but like connecting it to my TV and being able to play it there has been way easier for me. Um, but that's a game that I think everyone should check out. Um, a couple of games we can't talk about much because we're still under embargo is, <clears throat> excuse me, is um, Onrush from Codemasters. Um, we got a copy of that a little bit early. And if it's the best way to describe that game is if you remember when the PS3 first came out and they had MotorStorm. MotorStorm was like the quintessential ride anywhere, ride fast, ride hard, crash into everything, you know, knock people around. It felt like burnout paradise, but like the burnout games, but in the kind of off-road sense. Um, and that was, that was the like, like high water mark for that version of game on rush so far with the stuff that I've played. And this is like before even playing it online with people feels like that times 10, but in the best way possible, it is like motor storm times 10, with better graphics, with really smart, really well-designed tracks um, that give you the ability to kind of move in multiple layers. So it's like you'll have jumps that will go over ramps that will go over other stuff. So you're you're like literally like jumping over op- opponents and like crashing on top of them to, to, to kill them and stuff like that. The speed is really good. Um, I've been playing it both on the PS4 Pro and on the Xbox One X. Xbox One X has like 4K textures on it running, I believe, at 30 frames per second. It may be 30 or 60. I'll double check. Um, PS4 Pro runs really smoothly as well. Like, you know, I don't think in the grand scheme you see a lot of differences between the two because you're moving so fast. But the the smoother kind of more performance ready uh, settings on the graphics definitely do make it feel really, really good um, and really, really smooth. And I'm dying to play it with people. Cause that's the thing right now is like the nobody's nobody really is online. They have a discord set up for people who want to test it in the press, but uh, be, being able to like get in a game with people online and be out in the world with that thing is going to be so dope. It's going to be super, super exciting to play that thing and like just run around and, 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 and bash into people. And, and, and like, I can see so many like last minute moments that are going to be captured where it's like, you thought you were going to lose and then you just win right at the end of a, of a, of a match or something. Um, but I love the fact that it's not like actual racing. So you're not like trying to get to the finish line. You're trying to either go through gates 
uh, and keep your time uh, time up uh, before it runs out or you're trying to get a certain amount of score by crashing into people or or or, or you know, boosting your other teammates. So that game feels a lot of fun. I'm super excited for that to come out. Um, and lastly, uh, last thing I've been playing and messing around with is Vampire from Don't Nod, the folks who brought to you uh, Life is Strange and things like that. Um, really interesting game so far. Um, can't talk a lot about it yet because they're, again, still under embargo. But I'm finding that I'm really digging this game for what it's trying to do both narratively um, and the kind of gameplay systems that, they, that they're sharing with folks. It's, it's kind of like you would think as a vampire that you would want to kill everything to, you know, make yourself stronger and do all that stuff. But this is the first vampire game where, where it kind of wants you to not do that. Um, it, it, it wants you to be actually kind of thoughtful about who you kill and why you kill. Um, and that is really cool. Like, I feel like that's a really different way of thinking about vampirism and also that kind of game mechanic uh, together. And it's, and it's, it's kind of cool. Like there are some, there's some weird things about it right now. And I don't know if that's stuff that they can patch out or fix, um, in terms of performance, uh, and the way that you kind of, the combat doesn't feel super, super great, but I feel like it has a good foundation for what they're trying to do in that space. And the world, the world feels nice. Like it feels like a, uh, nice in the way that you think of, you know, a world that is filled with plague, <laughs> plague and disease. Uh, but it feels like the world building that they're doing in that game feels, feels really planted uh, in, in that space. And it feels nice uh, to kind of go around it so far in the early stages of where I'm at with that game. But yeah, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of all the stuff that I've been messing around with in the past week, besides jumping back into destiny and, and learning that I suck at the crucible uh, and also trying to figure out times to raid <laughs> to get stuff. Uh, I'm actually excited because during the week uh, that this show is going to air, there's going to be an announcement from them too uh, to see and share about some of the stuff they're going to be showing out in the in the fall, which for anyone who's kind of in, invested into the Destiny community, uh, a lot of folks have been talking about the fall content being the stuff that people actually want to see. Um, so that's going to be a thing that um, uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear about uh, when it, when it actually drops. So that should be pretty dope. Um, and one other thing, lastly, before we get up out of here for episode 223, um, I got a really nice email, uh, from a gentleman who listens to the show. I've actually gotten two inquiries, inquiries, I can't say that word inquiries about this particular issue, um, uh, about the show. And I feel like I want to address it really quickly. Um, we've had a couple folks ask us about Latino representation on the show. And definitely it's a thing that we have struggled to do. We've, we've struggled with a lot of various sex segments of the POC and um, um, diversity community in terms of having representatives of those groups come on the show. Um, some of that is just like logistics. Some of it is we haven't had the chance to like get people together to do it. Some of that is um, us missing out on opportunities. Some of that is, you know, sometimes not knowing exactly who to bring on for a specific thing. Um, but it is a thing that we want to address in 2018. And it's a thing that I'm specifically wanting to make sure we do better about, because I feel like, again, like we, we on the, on our show, we definitely try to focus in on black issues and, that, and issues in our, in our community, because it's a thing that we know and can speak well about um, and speak 
you know, in a way that people can, you know, gravitate to and also just know how we feel because we know what those things, those issues are. Sometimes we fall short about like getting other folks on the show who are of other groups and have them come over and talk about the issues in their community and how they're viewing gaming through their prism. Um, and that's the thing that we definitely want to make sure that we're doing better about. So, um, thank you to everyone who wrote in about that specific thing. And definitely if you're listening to the show, um, please tweet at us folks that you want to see on the show at them in your tweet, be like, Hey, such and such. I would love to hear your thoughts about blah, blah, blah on spawn on me. And I will do my damnedest to make sure they get on the show. Um, I want to make sure that they're, that they're, they're, their viewpoints are kind of shared out because it makes our community better. It makes our community bigger. Um, it shares out the information that is the mission statement for our show. And it is exactly what we want to be doing. So that again, folks can have their viewpoints and have their prisms shared um, in ways that are smart um, in ways that are, that you don't really get anywhere else. Um, and we hope to be that place uh, for people uh, when they think about video game content and when they think about podcasts who are doing that work, uh, we want Spawn and Me to continue to still be that place where people feel comfortable about coming to and and, and, and giving those those uh, viewpoints uh, to the community so we can share those out. So, again, thank you, everyone who wrote in for that. Um, and again, thank you, everyone who has uh, been helping us out on the Patreon side and, and, and everyone else who's just been sharing out information about our show. Uh, we've gotten some really nice um, emails from folks telling us that we're doing good work. Um, we're still trying to grow. Uh, people are, people are, in, uh, uh, have felt like we're kind of like in the space and like killing it. We're doing well. Uh, but I want to, I want us to grow as much as we possibly can. So like definitely continue to share out stuff with our show, uh, continue to share that stuff out to people who you think have influence and share us out to people who aren't already in our circles. That's the thing is like, we want to continue to push forward into spaces and take those spaces over. Ha 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 ha. We want to continue to push into spaces um, that we're not usually in. So, and get the word out about that stuff. Uh, some cool things happening uh, during E3 that you'll see during the week. Again, make sure you're paying attention to all our channels. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on Twitter at spawn on me. Make sure you're hitting us up on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash spawn on me. Uh, hit us up on via email spawn on me podcast.com. I'm sorry. Spawn on me podcast at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up with an email there. If you have feedback about any of the stuff we talked about this week or any week, um, and hit us up over there uh, and definitely check us out. Spawn on me podcast on Instagram too. Cause we'll be doing some, some really fun behind the scenes stuff there. And again, Patreon, patreon.com slash spawn on me. If you would like to help Bricago grow and continue to see us do dope stuff in the space. So it's Kai, uh, hanging out episode 223. Thank you all for listening this week and every week. Much love to you all. We're going to be at E3 y'all next week. So definitely make sure that you're paying attention. We have a lot of stuff that we're trying to, to drop during that week, uh, both in video and in audio form. So definitely check out YouTube as well. Peace, y'all. Much love. And we'll see you next week.